I am here today with Cynthia Browning, and today we're going to be talking about Browning's Honey and how this month is National Honey Month. Correct. September is National Honey Month. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming in today. Not a problem. Happy to share information about honey with your audience. So can you tell us about Browning's Honey? would love to. Browning's Honey uh, started in 1921. Mm -hmm. 101 years later, we are five generations and one of the largest commercial beekeeping operations in the United States. You said 101 years? Yes. That's that's fantastic. Did you do anything special for your 100th anniversary? <laughs> Unfortunately, just busy and in the middle of the pandemic, it was kind of hard to, we would love to do something to celebrate, but uh, uh, shorthanded in, the, in agriculture, things don't wait. So mm -hmm. we have uh, didn't do a whole lot to celebrate, except for just keep working. Well, there you go. Busy as bees. Busy as bees. Right on. How long have you been working for Browning? I have been in the bee business now for 28 years. Mm -hmm. I do all things but beekeeping. So I, uh, I do the payroll and accounts payable, and I like to educate people on honeybees and honey. And But yeah, I've been doing this for about 28 years now. And so September is National Honey Month, and I had no idea about this until a few days ago. And I thought, that is so cool. We have to do an interview. So do you know when and why that month was established? It was established in 1989 by the National Honey Board, and mm -hmm. it was established in September because that's the month when things start to wind down for the majority of honey production and beekeepers in the United States. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Right. And is Browning's Honey doing anything special for National Honey Month? We are doing a sell on our website and in our gift shop, and we are doing a lot of stuff on Facebook to try to educate people on why they should be using honey as their main sweeteners, and not not just a honey as a sweeteners, but why honey and honeybees are so vital uh, to our ecosystem and, and to our agriculture economy, and, and why people need to be supporting beekeepers, honey, and honeybees. Right on. So what are some of the uh, health benefits of honey? There are so many health benefits to honey. It can help with cholesterol, heart disease. It's better for your blood sugars if you're a diabetic. It can contains a lot of uh, enzymes and vitamins and minerals that other unrefined sugars do not contain. It's more easily digested. It contains prebiotics and probiotics to help with stomach digestion. There are a lot of health benefits to using honey. It also contains antioxidant that improves brain function. Penocibrum is the is the antioxidant that helps, and this honey is the only food that contains that particular nutrient. So that's cool. I think I read some time ago that honey doesn't have an expiration date. Is that true? Honey does not spoil. Honey is the one food that does not spoil. That is so cool. It's like they say there are superfoods, but it sounds like honey is like the ultra food. Honey is definitely a, a superfood. It can um, help boost your immune system. It can be used on treating wounds. It can be used in skin care. Honey is the one ingredient food that can do lots of tasks. Wow. I didn't know you could use it to treat wounds, too. It's antimicrobial and antifungal, so it's a really good for if you have acne or cuts or scrapes, anything like that. Honey can be used for uh, a lot of skincare products contain honey and beeswax. Oh, yeah, like Burt's Bees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, it's really good for your, for your skin, very moisturizing as well as helping to clear up uh, the wound itself. Fantastic. So great for your body inside and out. And out, absolutely. Wonderful. What would you say is your favorite thing about honey? Oh, I just love the way it tastes, for one thing. It, and it, it tastes so good, but it is 
good for your body as well. Uh, you can get natural energy boost by consuming honey. And it'll help you know recover from uh, working out as, as well as boost you through your exercise program. And if you have kids that are maybe having a hard time getting going in the morning, getting them through their day at school can give them a natural energy boost by including honey in their diet. My favorite thing about honey is just how, how good it is. Mm-hmm. And, how, and, it's, and I can feel good about eating it because it's good for me. Right, yeah. Yeah, I love the way it tastes. I also love the way it looks. It's oh, like, it's beautiful. Yeah. There's over 300 varieties of honey, depending on the floral source that the, the honeybee visits. And it can range in color from water white, which usually means it's a more mild flavor, mm-hmm. to very dark, almost molasses looking. And then again, it has a bolder flavor. My personal favorite is orange blossom or the clover which most people think of as their traditional table honey. Mm -hmm. And those are considered more mild. One of my most favorite, it's really hard to come by, is called fireweed honey. And it's water clear. It's absolutely clear. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Man, I read earlier that some honey can be blue or purple too, right? It can be, depending on the, the floral source. Um, I was had some young women at our facility the other day doing a presentation for them. And a few years ago, bees will go to the closest floral source. And in this particular case, the, the bee yard was close to a hummingbird feeder. Oh. And they came back and made blue honey because the hummingbird feeder was blue. But they can make purple and blue honey, uh, depending on the, on the on the floral source. That particular reason why it was blue is because the hummingbird feeder was colored blue. But floral <laughs> sources themselves will. Right. So with the hummingbird feeder, it was kind of cheating. It was cheating, <laughs> yes. But they we had Smurf blue frames Man. of honey for a while on that. And so like these different colors and depending on the floral um, source, right? Mm-hmm. Is there much of a significant taste difference? There's a huge taste difference for sure. Really? Yes. So we do, around here we can get ba- uh, buckwheat, dandelion honeys. Um, those are very dark and very bold flavors. Mm-hmm. Like I told you, orange blossom is one of my most favorite flavors. It tastes like you're eating an orange tree, very citrus flavor to it. So definitely you can tell by the floral source what you're consuming. Are there any floral sources that make the honey not taste so good? Well, it kind of, again, is a, a personal preference. Right. But there are floral sources that they get that are, are a little more bitter. Yeah. So you can get ones that are a little bit less favorable. And those ones go into usually bigger mixes for like bakeries. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily consuming that straight, but it is still being used as a sweetener in like bake, large bakeries. Gotcha. Okay. And speaking of flavors, I read on your website that Browning's Honey offers all kinds of different flavors of honey, right? We we do. We have the varieties. We offer some that are produced locally and some that we source from other beekeepers that you that are produced nationwide. But we also add uh, natural fruit flavors to our world-famous creamed honey mm-hmm. and uh, just to create a little bit of a different taste in the honey. So we, we have the naturally flavored, and then we have ones that we flavor ourselves. Right, because you had like... 12 on your website, right? We do. Mm-hmm. Huckleberry yeah. is a huge, very popular flavor in this area. Well, that's cool. Which of the um, creamed flavored ones is your favorite? Just pure creamed honey is my personal favorite, but I like the raspberry or the cinnamon flavored honeys are one of my two favorites. Those sound like they would be really good in baking. They are really good. I actually make Cold Star Instapot yogurt, and I use the flavored honeys to uh, sweeten and flavor my yogurt. 
I read that World Honeybee Day was last month. Did you do anything special for that? We did do a World Honeybee Day at our facility. and We had well over 200 people come and learn about how important the honeybee is. And that is one of the things that I think a lot of people are not aware of, that every third bite of food that you consume is brought to you courtesy of a honeybee, that our ecosystem, our agriculture system depends on the vital pollination that the honeybees perform. There are other pollinators, but 80% of pollination is done by the honeybee. Right. Yeah. I mean, really, when you think about it, who else other than the bees would do all this major pollination? Right. There's some butterflies and things like that, different types of bees that do the do the pollinating. But honeybees carry the weight of the world literally on their on their shoulders. Yeah. And so when we started, you were talking about how you want people to be more aware of how important bees are. Yes. Um, so how else besides a pollination do they uh, benefit the environment? Well, wild flowers and trees are also dependent on pollination to reproduce. So our very ecosystem is dependent on the pollinators. And again, honeybees do 80% of that pollinating. So trees and grasses and flowers mm-hmm. all depend on the honeybees for pollination for them to reproduce. I remember learning about honeybees as a kid from the Magic School Bus. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They made it look so easy. They were able to fill like 50 jars in about an afternoon, but no. In reality, a bee bee in her lifetime will produce one-twelfth of a teaspoon of honey, and a bee will have to fly 55,000 miles to produce one pound of honey and visit millions of flowers. Holy cow. So, yeah, it really does take a team. It does take a team, for sure. Mm. How is the um, bee population in Idaho? The bee population on a whole is on a decline, and that's another reason why we want to tell people about the importance of supporting their local beekeepers, using honey, things that, that everybody can do because the bee population is on a decline, but there's something that all of us can do to help to turn that around mm-hmm. and support the honeybee and turn the tides back in their favor. You can support your local beekeeper. One of the things that the National Honey Board is doing recently is honey saves hives. Mm-hmm. So by by using and buying and consuming honey purchased by a local trusted beekeeper, because honey is also the third most adulterated product in the world. Really? So you yes, it's highly adult. You got to be careful of who you're getting your honey from to make sure you're getting pure honey. So if you're not going to get all the health benefits if you're just drinking rice syrup or eating <laughs> rice syrup. So it's yeah. very important that you're buying your honey from a trusted local source. And when you're buying honey from that beekeeper, it helps us to keep our business going so we can go on and provide the vital pollination services that our agriculture and food system depend on. So those mm-hmm. are some things that if you're if you're not a beekeeper you're but you want to you want to help the honeybees you want to you want to help the world as a whole consuming honey supporting your local beekeepers are something that you can do planting bee friendly gardens in your backyard is another and everyone's like what's a bee friendly garden really any plant uh, any flowering plant, whether it be a herb or a flowering plant, bees love those types of things. So keeping a pollinator garden, mm-hmm. you know, everyone sprays the dandelions. But keeping the dandelions in southeast Idaho, the dandelions are the first food source for the bees. So keeping a patch of the, the dandelions and the clovers and kind of keeping an all-natural landscape are things that we can do every day to help the honeybee. Now I've just learned something amazing about dandelions too. Yes. Wow. I always wondered like, what's the point of these? They're they're a valuable food source for, for the honeybee in southeast Idaho, that's for sure. 
Well, I won't think of them just as weeds anymore when I see them from now on. I keep a sign in my yard that says, pardon my weeds, I'm feeding the bees. Keep a few of, the, of those weeds around. Oh. But you don't have to have a big yard. You can just have a little pollinating pollinator garden. You can also make a bee, a bee bath. Bees require water. Mm-hmm. They get thirsty. They also need water to produce honey. So the same thing along the lines of a bird bath. You can make a small bee bath. And it just could be a dish of water with a few sticks or marbles for them to land on. Something that you can do in your own backyard. Maybe a fun project to do with your kids to help support the honeybee. That's just the, the biggest thing I would like people to know about is how important the honeybees are to our ecosystem. We don't need to be afraid of them. They are a gentle insect. They really do, you know, they work hard. They're one of the hardest workers on the planet, and they do a lot to help support our, our ecosystem and, our, and guarantee our food supply. And so for National Honey, Honey Month, buy local honey from a trusted source, and those are all ways that you, you can celebrate National Honey Month. Well, thank you so much for coming in. No I've learned problem. so much in the last, like, 15 minutes. Thanks for having me.